Hola, and Hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, But Podcast, a podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture, all while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie, an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... I've been jealous of my husband lately, and yes, I said jealous, and that is because sometimes my husband travels tons, so when my husband is home, it's all about daddy, and mommy doesn't exist anymore when he comes home. So I'm okay with it because, yeah, I understand that they've been away from their dad, and it's all good, but sometimes I'm just like, I'm also here. You know, it's been the second, third day that I want to be also noticed that I'm there. So yeah, I've been jealous of my husband. Well, the good thing is when I go for a couple days, either for a work trip or something, they also treat me the same as they get all mommy sick. It's like, I love you, mommy. So yeah, that does feel good. And I can understand that my kids just miss my husband and I when they travel. So yeah. I said it, I, <laughs> I'm i jealous of my husband sometimes, and he knows that. <laughs> I tell him all the time. Anyways, do you guys have a butt or you want to share with me? Send it to my email or my social media and let me know so I don't feel so alone when I say all my butts about being cool to my kids. But So let us get into today's episode. Today's episode is all about career change. And I really want to talk about this more because I've noticed that international moms, when they move here, are changing careers because they can't get a job or their job that they're doing back home is doesn't qualify here in Denmark, either by education or it just is not the same education as you would take here in Denmark. And why do we as internationals feel like we need to change careers when we live here in Denmark? I definitely did when I did the big career change when I moved to Denmark. I was working in the beverage industry back in the Los Angeles as a sales and marketing manager. And when I moved to Denmark, I completely shift careers and shift industries into the technology and telecom industry. A career change, language change, country change is a big shift for some people. But when you have an entire family going through the same thing, wow, that transition must be very hard, not only for the parents, but for the kids too. So today I have a guest who completely changed her career from being a children's nurse in the UK to an internal coordinator for one of the biggest turbine company in Denmark. We'll be talking about how she ended up in Denmark, how her kids transitioned her life in Denmark, and her career shift from being a nurse to being a working into an office and having a completely different field. So let me introduce you all to Katie Garth from the UK. Katie and her family moved from the UK to Denmark two years ago. I met Katie during an international mothers group gathering and we hit it off very well before COVID, of course. Our kids were having play dates and having a good time together and then we're all locked down now. So Katie has some mom goals I also want to do because when she posts some things on Facebook about her children's sleepover parties, she throws for her kids, her cake baking skills that she has done is definitely on my (laughs) mom goals that she does. So welcome Katie and thank you for coming to the podcast and talking about your life and how you ended up here in Denmark. Hi, thanks for having me, Jacqueline. Before we get started on, you know, talking about your family and everything, I want to know how you got to Denmark and why you're here with your family. So we came here because of my husband. Yeah. I blame my husband. (laughs) Hopefully it's a good blame. (laughs) I blame him too. So I'm not jealous. I actually blame him. No, 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 I'm joking. So we came because of my husband's job. So literally he came home one day while was in England and he said, um, shall we move to Denmark? I've been offered a job. So I thought about it and thought, why not? What a great opportunity. Although the first question was, can I nurse there due yeah. to sort of language barriers? But I looked into it and yes, they seemed to be a green light at the time. So yeah, there we go. How was the transition period for you and uh, your family during that time? Yeah, there was ups and downs. You sort of go through culture shock. At first, it was like a honeymoon period. So it's like being on holiday. So you hear the radio, everything's new, everything's exciting. You go exploring, then you look into finding a job and then things sort of take a turn. You miss home, you miss the, the things you do in your home country. 
So yeah, definitely ups and downs. How long do you think that honeymoon period lasted until all this came into into play? It's hard to tell really because I had several honeymoon periods. Yeah. <laughs> so I had like the first initial probably two or three weeks and then you realize ah it's not a holiday. All my stuff's here and we're in a house. And then I'd sort of feel a bit like low and then I'd go back and oh wow, it's an adventure and you sort of pick yourself back up again. So yeah, I had about two or three <laughs> honeymoon periods. So I think all of us have because I remember when I first moved here, I was like, woohoo, I moved here. And then I think like two months later, I'm like crying. I'm like, what's going on? I'm so happy I moved here. But why am I crying? Yeah. So I think every international parent has, I, I don't know, I can't talk for dads, but for a mom, it's just so emotional, up yeah. and downs. I wasn't even a mom at that point. <laughs> I wasn't going up and down. I can't imagine for parents having that period. I am always curious about culture shocks and what people are shocked when they come to Denmark and realize, oh my gosh, like that's so different from what I would do. What were some of your shocks when you first moved to Denmark? Probably the no baby groups as such, like toddler groups, like preschool groups. So one day I went for a little walk around where I live and I went into the local library and was like, do you have a toddler group? <laughs> And the person, the librarian, looked at me very silly. So I thought, okay, maybe they don't do sort of groups within this sort of area. Maybe they do private groups. And I searched and searched. And where I live, there was nothing really for older children. So yes, there's baby, baby groups, but nothing for older children. And then I figured out, um, obviously, the childcare is a lot cheaper. And obviously, job opportunities for mums in Denmark is higher than back in the UK. So, yeah, it turns out that a lot of the preschoolers or um, toddlers were actually in daycare or in Bornhausen. So therefore, there's no sort of need for a toddler group or a private toddler group. So that was quite a shock because I was used to sort of being very, very busy in the UK. I worked part time so that I could take care of the kids sort of a couple of days a week. And then I'd take them to toddler groups and do all the, the fun things. But here it didn't seem to be a thing. So that was a bit of a shock. Were you in toddler groups before uh, coming to Denmark? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's why you're, you were looking for one and then realized you should just send them to burnout. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, but I think the childcare in the UK is a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I worked part time to sort of, because if I worked full time, it just wouldn't cover the childcare costs in the UK. So with it being cheaper here and more accessible, I think it was a shock to me because I, I was thinking, well, what am I meant to do with my son? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, I know it's a strange one, but that was a bit of a shock to me. And having to go to various shops to find an item of food. In the UK, there was big superstores, um, supermarkets to go and get something. Whereas here, I felt I had to go to various places to find what I was looking for. So that was a bit of a shock. And obviously the language, it's a bit of a culture shock when you've not been or lived in a country for a, a long period of time where they speak another language. Yes, you go on holiday, but it's not the same as actually living here and having to get by. Although the Danes are very good at speaking English and they've been really, really good. Also the safety and security of children. It's amazing actually seeing how they let the children explore and learn through play. Whereas in England, we tend to wrap our children up in cotton wool. So because I feel like the crime is lower here and I feel safer here, it's quite nice actually to let children explore. But personally, it was a bit of a culture shock because I was used to like saying, no, 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 stay here, you know, and, and trying to keep my children close because that's what I was used to. That That's um, sort of at what we're grown up to do. Do you know, that's a good parent. Do you know, you keep them close to you and you you don't let them touch anything. For example, my when we first came here, my daughter went into a pharmacy and by accident, she knocked a few things off the shelf. I was traumatized. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I felt so embarrassed. I was like, quick, 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 pick, pick them up, pick them up. And the pharmacist was just like, she looked so like, stunned at me like my reaction and she was like it's fine just let it be it's it's fine and that was like my first experience of how relaxed they are really in terms of 
actually, yeah, she's only knocked some things off. It's not the end of the world. But to me, I was like, oh, my God. You know, it was the worst The thing. bad mom letting <laughs> letting the kid <laughs> knock things off the, sh- the uh, shelves. Yeah. So that was probably when it hit home that actually it's not that bad. I feel the same. And I agree with you that here in Denmark that they just let their kids go play, even sitting at a restaurant. It's okay that your kid plays in the other side or walks in the other side or, you know, does something on the ground. It's fine at some restaurants, not all. (laughs) But I'm just saying there's no one. The workers aren't judging you. They just tell you like, oh, can you move your your daughter? She's kind of in the way versus at home. It's like, They'll look at you yeah. like, why are you letting your kid walk or run around or jump on things? In Denmark, I just realized that a lot of kids do that and it's like normal. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the one that I look like the crazy one. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> sit down, sit down. No, no, no. You can't do that. And everyone's like, why? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I have that. I have that, that that feeling as well when I move here, especially after being in England for such a long time. Yeah. That you will look at a ten-year-old kid and you said, I remember saying to my ex-wife, saying like, "Hey, there are children here." For instance, I remember living in Tottenham, and I live in a passage, and you will pass the passage, and ten-year-old kids were trying to sell you crack. You know. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and this, this it's like. From one side to another yeah, of yeah. the the scale, you know, yeah. and I think in the UK, yeah, you have you you shelter them more because it can get really rough out there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you feel like you need to protect yeah. them, and that's the whole sort of culture of no, 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 stay here, and you wrap them up mm. in cotton mm-hmm. wool because you hear through the media stories and things and what's happened within the UK, so you naturally, I think, it's just them built in you. Mm-hmm. To do it, so. yeah. I'm from Los Angeles. It was the same same thing. Uh, I didn't raise kids in Los Angeles, but my I never understood why my mom was like, "No, you stay here. You stay here." Now having my kids, I'm like, I'm a little bit relaxed here in Denmark. But when I go visit my parents, I'm like, "No, you stay next to me. You don't go to the bathroom by yourself. You don't, you know, go do things that you would do normally." In, you sort in the of US. change your parenting yeah. where you go, don't you? Yeah. So when you go back, you you then become that mum again yeah like and then you come here and I feel so much better as a mum here I feel so much more relaxed yeah and then I also try to explain to my daughters like you can do that here but you can't do that when we go visit Lola in Los Angeles because you're always next to me versus here in Denmark you can go play it's okay you know you can be 10 meters from me and I can see you it's like not a problem versus in in Los Angeles no you're not even going to be two meters away from me (laughs) So I, I I can totally relate to what you're saying that it depends. Here in Denmark, it's so different and so relaxed versus in UK or in the US. You just hear so many bad things. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a culture shock, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. So it's not the shock as in like, oh my God, it's like a negative thing. It's actually a culture shock in a good way because I say to my husband all the time, I'm like, this is how it should be. This is how living yeah. should be. This is how parenting should be. Relax, not so uptight all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it easier. It does. <laughs> <laughs> What was the hardest thing for you to get used to and had to change while you were living in Denmark? Everyday life in Denmark is not the same like it would be in the UK. And I think you briefly answered it already mm-hmm. with the culture shock. But what was the hardest thing for you to kind of immigrate here in Denmark? Obviously, I didn't have a job when I first came. And apart from being on maternity, I've not really been out of work, to be honest. I've either been studying or I've always I've always been busy. So it actually just having that sort of break, that's maybe what I could call it, um, without sort of being on maternity, looking after the children. I found it very difficult. I think I was very used to being busy, Mm -hmm. but it makes you think. So when you're sat at home and then I think you then get to that sort of point where, oh my gosh, I'm overthinking. (laughs) So I think that was the hardest thing was actually having the time, as weird as that sounds, because I felt like I had too much time. In the UK, I was always busy. I was visiting family. I was visiting friends. It then makes you think about your family and friends more and not having a purpose. Obviously, I was mummy and that is a big purpose. But I mean, personally, for me, I struggled a little bit, to be fair. And I became quite envious of my husband because he went from his job into another job. So he was, he had his sort of working sort of lifestyle. He'd go to work in the morning, bye, you know, and then that was it. That was me. 
so yeah I think that was really really hard um at the beginning not knowing what I was gonna do or what was like to come or would I get a job would I not get a job what what am I gonna do and would I have to go back to the UK so I think as a woman maybe as a man as well but as a woman you you just all these questions are going way in your head and I think having that time made made it worse (laughs) (laughs) to be honest so yeah Yeah, you're like I don't know what to do with myself How were you able to find like friends and yeah, settle in in Denmark? I'm quite a sociable person anyway. So I like to go out and about. So I literally, I went on the International Society websites on Facebook. There's like a Brits in Denmark. So it was just feeling a little bit more at home, away from home, if that makes sense. So yeah, it was just sort sort of trying to network really. And the International Society was really good. I joined the Mother in the Mother group um, because of my line of work. Hopefully I could use my skills to help other mums. So yeah, I, I I did a lot of sort of reaching out. But at first I did feel quite alone. But we had, well, we, we've still got really good neighbours. They're Danish and they really helped us out um, in pointing us to the right direction of what we need to do and where we need to go. And so without them, actually, they've been they've been like family to us here. So they've been really good. So, yeah, you're very lucky because some internationals I talk to don't even see their neighbours, <laughs> don't even talk to them. So you're one of the like, the rare ones that actually yeah. talk to the neighbours, have a relationship with their neighbours. I also talk to my neighbours, so I'm, I'm very happy for my neighbours around. So, yeah, it's very rare to yeah. have that. And you, to have that kind of support just makes it even better. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm so grateful. That, like I said, they've been sort of the the main source in, in where we've found our sort of information. So simple things like emergency contact numbers and just things that you don't think of. They've been amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, when I moved here, I didn't even know 911 wasn't no, no. the number. I was like, oh my gosh, what's the number then? But yeah. I didn't think about this until I had kids. And I was like, no, it's not 911, it's 112. I was like, what? Yeah. And then there's like in the UK, they have like minor injury, num- like a number for minor injuries and you walk in and whereas here, I think you still go to your doctors. So you still ring your doctors, but there's a different out of hours number. And it was just getting used to the different way of doing things. And I think when you have children, it's quite worrying at first because mm-hmm. you, you want to be in control. You want to know, well, what if something happens Then I know where to go? And I think as an international, it's, it is quite worrying not knowing what to do or where to go. Also, I don't know if you realize this. When you call the emergency number, you don't go in right away. They book you an appointment. Oh, no, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm lucky enough that I haven't had to contact, but my goodness. Yeah, so they book you a time. So you can't just go in there. It's, it's a booking time. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I was shocked by that. I was like, okay, that's nice to know. <laughs> so if I break an arm, I have to book an appointment. Right. Okay. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that. So that's the emergency number. Yeah. They, they, they tell you what time to go into the, um, the, the hospital, but I'm pretty sure if you break, do something worse, you can they'll prioritize. Yeah, prioritize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you have like a stomach ache or something, they'll tell you to go at a, a certain time or something oh, okay. like that. Okay. You can as well walk in, but they look at you weird. Yeah, you have I to book it. everything. <laughs> yeah, you have to book a time here. You have to call. You can't just show ah. show up. You have to call the emergency number, and then they assign you a time, and then you go there and you put in your yellow card. That's very different. Yeah, yeah. so that's a, that's new to me. You learn something every day. Is it international? <laughs> well, listen. And in the in the UK, you will go to the hospital. Yes. And then you will have to wait for like four hours. <laughs> yes. Um, but I remember doing that. Yeah. Oh, I can't walk. I sit here six hours easily waiting for someone to say like yeah paracetamol (laughs) this is the same in in the u.s if you walk into the emergency room you're waiting oh and that's not including all the paperwork you have to fill of your medical history it's not just a yellow card you you do here it's a whole paperwork that you have to fill of your medical history and i'm like what yeah how if you have like a broken arm you're like this trying to type or write whatever medical history or nurse or everything you have so 
it's a benefit to be here in Denmark. Also, like not yeah. so beneficial. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's it's very different, isn't it? And, yeah. and what you're used to. But thanks for telling me that because I think if I was in an emergency or if I, you know, came across somebody who broke a leg, I'd ship them off to hospital. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll ask you if you do need an ambulance, then they will send it. Okay, but other than that, you they book you in for an appointment into oh, okay. into the closest hospital that that you're located in or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So any children's emergency, you'll have to call the emergency room and then book an appointment. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Next question. So raising children in the UK versus in Denmark, would you say, what would you say the, the biggest difference there is since you had your kids? You're experiencing both, really. You had your kids in the UK. Now you're living in Denmark. What would you say, like, the biggest difference? I know we've already been talking a lot of the big difference, but what is, like, wow, that wants <laughs> wants you to move back to the UK? <laughs> I think it's the sort of trust again, I think. And when we first came and I saw prams outside the the shops and the stores and the restaurants, that was a massive eye-opener for me. I was like, oh, my gosh, did these kids not get taken? So, yeah, I think it's just sort of letting go of that sort of parental anxiety of, oh my God, you know, it's safe here, you know, it's it's fine here. So that's, yeah, definitely the biggest, I think, in terms of like parenting and sort of bringing up the kids. I think in the UK, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but you compare yourself to a lot of other parents. So what are they doing and what type of party they're having? Because you sort of need to do the sort of same. So you're always competing And it gets silly sometimes, you know, it just gets because you don't want your child to look any less or you don't want them to get picked on or you don't want. I know it's silly to think like that, but you do. Yeah. So it's quite nice here that everything's equal and it's simple. Things seem to be a lot more simple and not as competitive. So as a parent, that's nice. You actually feel you can relax and actually look and enjoy your children growing up, which again, also the sort of working family lifestyle balance that's also good as well because in the UK it was rush 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 there was always a play day swimming club or dance class or that just used to book all the time up so we actually never really spent much time as a family so actually moving to Denmark it's given us that time and time is so precious so and it's something like your children they're only young ones you know Mm -hmm. they grow up so actually having that time to do things go to the forest let them explore sort of play nature and seeing that and seeing how they're developing is just amazing it's um very good we we enjoy it actually that side of sort of the parenting here yeah also I was going to add to that when you say like oh it's who has the biggest birthday party or anything like that. And I noticed I was shocked here in Denmark that they don't do character birthday parties or anything. It's just a flag on the table and on the cake and that's all. And it's so nice to just Mm -hmm. don't have that pressure. It's like, oh, what's the theme for this year? And I see all my friends doing it back home. And I I think it was fun. But at the same time, that's a lot of pressure on you as a parent. So I like doing it. But at the same time, I'm like, but my daughter would be just as happy with a flag, a yeah. Danish flag on the cake. Yeah. So I thought that was the big difference that uh, I've noticed in in Denmark. And I still, I'm always talking to my daughter about what princess party yeah. to do. And I don't know if I'm doing it for her or for me, because I, I love doing parties for her. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was a big difference on, you know, throwing parties and uh, what they're going to wear, everything. And I don't get to, I don't know for you, but I don't get to choose what my daughter wears. <laughs> she, she chooses everything. And if I even, if she's going too slow on picking her clothes and I tell her, I'm going to pick your clothes. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll pick it. I don't know if that's how you are with your daughter. Is she, is she like that yet? <laughs> she's very independent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She likes um, to choose what she likes to wear. So, yeah, yeah. I thought I still had a couple years till seven years old, but no, it was started at three for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, they start, well, my my daughter started quite early. She wanted, she knew what she wanted. Oh, man. <laughs> that was my like expectation when I, when the nurse told me I was having a daughter. I was like, yes, we get, I get to dress her all cute until, you know, she's seven. <laughs> and then she turns three and she's like, no, mommy, I don't like any of the clothes you bought me. What? <laughs> yeah. 
And sometimes I'm like, right, darling, this just isn't appropriate for today's weather. <laughs> so yeah, we've um, we've been there. We're still there. <laughs> I think we're gonna be there for a very until they move out. <laughs> That's it now, isn't it? <laughs> so let's get to the topic of the show, and it's more about the career and your transition of the career. Did you ever thought that you would be leaving your position and change careers when you were, you moved here in Denmark? No. So I did a lot of research when I was in the UK and I contacted sort of the main boards and the health boards and the health boards here in Denmark. And they was like, yep, it's fine. Do you know, you can come across and your hours will, because I'm still actually a registered nurse in the UK. So I'm still active on the register. So as long as you do your hours and you do your training to meet the threshold, then yep, you can continue to be registered here in the UK, which was great because it was a bit like a, a safety net as well. So if we went back to the UK, I'd have experience working abroad, which is like amazing. And then I could go back and, and nurse. But things were a little bit different when I moved across. Obviously, I had applied for my registration, but I'm still waiting for my registration to come through. The process has been on and on and on. And I've had no clear guidance or anything really um, as to where I'm at. It's just sort of through hearsay and the odd phone call through chasing it that I think it's clear, although it's not been officially said, that the authorities here don't recognise my children's nursing qualification here. So I thought that I probably would nurse here. Yeah. Yeah. So if you did decide to do, do nursing, what would you have to do to be registered nurse here to just kind of continue what you're doing uh, back in UK? So it's again, it's been very unclear, but wow. I was given sort of a couple of options where I'd have to do an exam or I'd have to go work with sort of adults and the elderly because in um, Europe, they have a general care nurse. So it covers everything. Whereas in the UK, we have different sort of categories. Mm -hmm. So we have like children's nursing, midwifery, mental health nurses, general nurses and learning disabilities. So and you get to choose the path that you want to go in. So when you, you're at university, although you can do top up, so you can do sort of your general care, your adult nursing and then do a top up to whatever speciality. But I chose to do a speciality because I love working with children. And I think, you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do. So I chose that. So when I came here, it was the option that, right, you need to then get experience with, with adults. So that was that. But in all honesty, I've had no sort of guidance of how I could go about that. There's mm -hmm. been no contacts, just nothing. I feel a bit alone and I don't feel like there's a community of sort of international nurses where we can like get together and do a problem solve of, of how we can move on. And obviously a language is a huge barrier. And I get that. And actually through myself, through networking, through the local hospital, actually, there was a lady there who was amazing. She was so nice, so helpful. And the option was to go on an intense language course, which was fine. But actually digging deeper, I wouldn't be able to speak English, it'd have to be Danish because I'd need to get to a really good level, understandably. So this would be full-time, intense, full-time Danish course. And then at the end of it, I wouldn't be guaranteed a job because of my qualification and it's not recognised. I wouldn't be guaranteed to be able to work anywhere. So I had to sort of like put my head on and think, right, I've got a young family. Is this going to be worth it? There's going to be a lot of pressure. I'm going to be stressed. So I decided not for me. So then I had to sort of really think and reevaluate of what am I going to actually do? And like I said, I, I had no sort of really real guidance. It would have been nice to come and have somebody who could support me and write, these are your options, you need to go here or you need to go there or you need to go here. But nothing. I, f I felt like I was just in the wilderness of <laughs> where do I start? And as much as I'd reach out to the, the board... I think they could only do so much. And like I said, they're still making a decision. So, wow. And it's been this long and they're still making a decision? Two years. Two yeah. years. Wow. They're and eating cake, really. Huh? They're eating cake and having coffee. Yeah. They're waiting, <laughs> waiting for the last yeah. day. <laughs> okay. So you were put, you're still waiting for that. Yeah. 
And for now, you just look for a job so you can wait for the position until they approve it or deny it. Would you want to answer now so you just know that? I think I've sort of come to the conclusion anyway. I think now it's been quite a while that I've been out of nursing. So to start that process again, it's a lot. So yeah, I think I think now I just sort of had to sit down. It was a really big decision and I just thought, right, I need to reevaluate and think, actually, things are meant to be. Yeah. Do you know, you've got to look on the brighter side and things are all doom and gloom. I believe that things happen for a reason. And to be fair, if we didn't move to Denmark, I would still be nursing in the UK, which is great. But it sort of give me sort of a forced break, if that makes sense. It made me come out and reflect. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have just carried on and carried on and carried on. So actually, it's been, been a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Not that I didn't like nursing because I love nursing. But I think I needed this. I needed this time to reflect and have opportunities elsewhere because I've been nursing for a long, long time, like 10 years plus. So I think in my life for experiences and opportunities and I think growth and I think I needed this. And I think it was like a forced thing because I wouldn't I would never in a million years have come out of nursing in the UK I would have kept going and going and going so moving to Denmark and unfortunately not being able to nurse has sort of give me other opportunities so on a positive note it's not all doom and gloom I actually sat down reflected and thought do you know what maybe this is meant to be so let's just go with the flow and go with the path that, that I'm meant to go down and sort of grow from there so No, that's really great because internationals have a choice. It's like they're either going, oh, man, I can't do it. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, take your route and just say, "Okay, there's something else for me. I'm going to just go this route. And you did. And how did you decide on what career or job you wanted to work in? Well, I sort of like looked at my skills. So I, I sat down, I went to a lot of seminars, work in Denmark. I did a lot of um, research and into international workers and spouses. And I actually sat down and I thought, actually, nurses have a load of skills that we don't even recognise ourselves, I don't think. But having the time, I actually sat down and reflected and thought, hmm, nurses aren't just on a ward, just helping sick patients. They have good communication skills. They're good at problem solving. They have good empathy skills. They're good at organising. And yeah, I think there's a lot more skills that you think and you have to really, really, really like dig down. So I was lucky enough to have some Christmas temps jobs in some offices and some admin um, roles. So that sort of helped me as well. So yeah, I literally just went through my skills with a pin comb and just thought, right, how could I apply my nursing skills? into another role so yeah I I actually just started actively looking for jobs and seeing what matched my skills and obviously through the organizational skills and prioritization um, I did a lot of diary management because I worked in the community that was my last post in the UK so I had to do a lot of diary management and calendar and using Outlook and different Excel sheets and things so actually a lot of my skills could be transferable. So that's where I started. And then I could then apply for jobs using my skills and being very, very specific in what skills I used. Okay, so and when you just kind of sat down and not think about, okay, okay, I have nurse skills, but you also have office skills, people skills, communication skills, organization mm-hmm. skills that can transfer to any businesses in Denmark. Yeah. So that, that was your key... Your, um, your, your tool that you actually got this great position for. Yeah. And where did you find this position? Is it through online? Is it through networking? Or yeah, uh, where did you find your position that you're um, currently in? It was actually through the traditional way of online. So I was just, I listed all the big international companies because even though I was starting to learn Danish, obviously I wasn't at that level to work in Danish and speak Danish. So I needed an international company who spoke English as their language. So 
yeah, I just listed all all the companies down and basically just went looking for for the job openings and yeah, on a daily basis. And yeah, I I applied for many different types of jobs and different roles. And yeah, I got um a call back for an interview for this particular company and I was delighted. I was like, "Oh my goodness, you know, somebody's actually given me a chance." Because Maybe I'm wrong, but I used to put my nursing degree on my CV and I think it just went, oh, it's nowhere near what nursing is. Mm-hmm. So actually this company gave me a chance, which was amazing. So I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah. So. so that's a little tip for anyone out there that's looking for a job that they can't really you know, find in their industry. Just you know, look at your skills that you have and work it out on maybe what you can contribute to other businesses. Yeah. So it's, it's a really great, it's an inspiration that you were able to find something outside your field because a lot of people, you know, that have a certain degree, it's like, oh, I can't find a job. This is what I do. I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. I can't find anything else. And it was nice that you looked at your skills and then you were like, okay, my skills will work for me. And you did. And you found a, one of the biggest turbine companies in Denmark to work for. And yep. they gave you that opportunity. How was interviewing with them? They, did they ask anything about your <laughs> nurse skills? Or yeah, how was that? I can't really remember. It was all a blur, <laughs> to be honest. I was like, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. But yeah, obviously in the interview, they, they would have asked sort of the tasks I've done and how it relates to the job role that was advertised. So I was just honest. I was just really honest with them and sort of had to be sort of tactful of it wasn't like a direct um, sort of like, I don't know, I organised immunisations, for example, just that they're out the blue. I'd then say, oh, well, I'll do this in this role. So it was sort of using what I've done, but turning it around a little bit and say, well, but I could do this in this role. So, yeah, you have to be quite creative. But they believed in me. And, you know, I, I'm really, really grateful for that because I did feel like, oh, my God, I'm coming towards the end of the road. And it is. It's disheartening when you're trying and you're applying for loads and loads of jobs. And you think, oh, my God, I'll just go back and, you know, I'll go back to my job. And I kept going. I was like, no, I was quite positive and determined and I was like no I'm gonna I'm gonna find a job I'm gonna do this and I did so did you ever get to a point where it's just you wanted to just go back to the UK yeah yeah because it was just there's no one gonna hire me I'm depressed like not depressed but you're sad and everything and everything's working against you you do you ever just want to move back to the UK you just think why all the time you think why what what is it do you know what what? and um, yeah yeah in the, the first few months, I was just like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go back. Um, but I think if you fight it and sort of try and it's difficult. I know I've been there, but if you try and think positive and be like, I can do this, there is other ways. And I think if you network, if you go through sort of the international society groups and you talk to other spouses as well, you do get there. I think you just have to persevere with it and you will get sort of rejections. And But I think then it's not meant to be. Something is meant to be for you and it'll happen. So, yeah, I think you've just got to believe in yourself as well, because that's something I didn't do. I was like, but I can only be a nurse. So I think believe in yourself and you can do it and yeah. you will do it. Yeah. So. And you're living proof of it because you just did it. And it's such an amazing feeling and it's also nice to see that you're able to transfer everything and get a job. Do you think that if Denmark approves the nursing degree or whatever the nurse, nursing certification in two months from now you would go for nursing or would you stay where you're at right now with the company? I'm quite loyal actually now to the company. I think what they've done is they've given me a chance and they've believed in me and they're actually helping me grow within the company. So I actually feel like I've got a fresh new sort of start in something. And actually I'm quite good at something that isn't nursing. And yes, nursing is always going to be within my heart. Do you know, I'm, I think once you're, you are a nurse and you've qualified as a nurse and you've done it and you've took care of people, it's never going to go out of you. But in another light, 
this is like great for me. I feel like a new person and I'm not as anxious. I'm, I'm actually quite, I feel, I don't know, just really, really good about myself and that the company has believed in me. They're helping me grow. So actually, I think this is a new start for me and I can see myself moving forward sort of within the company. So and leaving, nice. leaving nursing behind a little for now. Yeah. And I think while I've got a, a small family, I think it's perfect for me. And I think it'd be silly to move from something that I'm feeling confident in. And I love the people who I work with and I love the company as a whole. They're amazing. So to leave that, to go do something, I think it'd be personally, it wouldn't be right for me. Yeah. So yeah, I think right now in my life, this job's come at the right time. And that's what I mean about the meant to be. I think think something has said you need to take a break from this sort of career and do something else so I think it's all fallen into place and I'm so grateful for that. Do you think moving to Denmark has really been the driving force of you to just kind of get out of your comfort zone get out of your your box and explore something new like this new uh, company to go to go for yes for sure I think because I would have never ever come out of nursing I I would have I would have just kept going and kept going and kept going so like I said at the beginning I think it's just sort of been a forced thing not in a horrible way that sounds awful saying it's forced but it was just It was meant to be by moving here, having that opportunity. It's then given me another opportunity. And I think doors always open. And I think you just have to go with the flow sometimes. And yeah, I think sometimes you end up being happier. What would you give tips to any internationals moving here and then they find out that their degree or their qualification isn't accepted here? What would you what would your tip be for those parents that come here? Because I know there's a lot of them that's out there and then mm-hmm. just their world falls apart when they move here and then they either stay here for a couple of years, love it or get depressed and move home. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of people in that trap. What would you, what would your advice to the listeners who are was in the same boat as you? I get it's probably easy for me to say than do, but I've actually been in the situation and just persevere. And I know it's very, very difficult. And you feel like, oh my God, there's no way out. And I think it's difficult when you can't see a goal at the end of it, because you don't know. You're literally in, in the middle of nowhere, just thinking, what can I do? But I'd sit down and actually look at the skills and pinpoint your skills, what you can use to transfer into another role. Because like me, I actually, I've got more skills skills that I can transfer than actually I thought I would. So actually thinking about it and thinking, right, yeah, I can do this or I now can do that or I've got good communication skills. You know, I I can work with people. I can work as part of a team. But how, do you know, how did you do it in your previous career and how could you do it in this career? So yeah, I think it's just about maybe you need time to sit and reflect and Also accept change as well, because I found it quite difficult to accept that, okay, my career has basically committed suicide. (laughs) It's gone. So that was very difficult. It was like letting go. And I'm still sort of grieving over that. But I think you have to sort of move on and think, okay, it's a fresh start. Let's go for it. And who knows in the future, you don't know what's around the corner. So I think you just have to embrace it and go with it and yeah, just be more positive and there will be something. I think if you're positive and you're determined, something will happen. Yeah, that's a really good tip. What were you going to say, Dave? Oh, my, my microphone is on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, I like that. I, I can say something. I mean, yeah. if you're not afraid to live life, life usually surprises you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just go for it. Because that yeah. was the same for me. I was so stuck in this industry or I was stuck. It's like, I'm not, no one's going to hire me. I don't speak the language. No one's going to hire me. That would just kept going in my head over and over. I don't know the language. I'm not from there. You also, I don't know if you also read some um, blogs, but moving, being an international in Denmark, it's hard to find a job. And yeah. I've read a lot of those blogs. I'm like, how am I going to find a job in Denmark? Yeah. Because it, a lot of people just have such bad experience mm-hmm. coming is, here. It is a hard market. To, I mean, I experienced it coming from the UK as well. And I can say that the UK 
job market is so much fluid. You can truly start something that you never done before. And if you succeed, people is gonna appreciate it and, and grab you, you know? Yeah. Uh, here it's not, it's either you have the papers and if you wanna find and succeed, I mean, you, you are a clear case of it. You probably go to international corporations that are more attracted to higher internationals. Because if you try it, I mean, I have friends from Germany, electronic engineers, you know, that if they go to Siemens, they probably get, or whatever company it could be, they get hired because they're international, they're looking. But if they want to use the, the engineering, electronic engineering skills in a Danish company, you need to have study electronic engineering in, in Denmark. Yeah, and have the language. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is a big barrier for that reason. It's so... So, I mean, I got into management in England and I was working as my manager for many years, management. I never did it before. <laughs> you know, I've managed to fall into somewhere. Yeah. And that is easy to do in the UK. You get there, if they see that you're good, they put money on you, they send you to training, they pay for your courses, but you're doing it well, so they, you know, and you keep progressing. Here is it's different. Yeah. You know? I think... With the company that you have that you said that they're, you know, investing in you mm-hmm. and everything. And I think a lot of the international companies are, are doing that because my husband's company is also doing the same. He has to take all these courses to just keep his skills up to date at, or if he wants to move on to a bigger position, they yeah. prepare him for that. And it's so nice that you were able to transition from nursing to, to, that, to hear that. Because yeah. I hear so many... Not horror stories, but a lot of international moms like becoming so depressed that they can't find a job. And it's so nice to hear that someone was able to find a job and be able to transfer whatever skill, uh, your nursing skill to to that position. And also for me, I... Once I got out of that mindset of I can't find a job, I can't find a job, the language is going to stop me. And I just went for it and said, okay, language is not going to stop me. I have these skills and I can use them. I just got to find the company that will give me that opportunity. And I did. And they... You just have to find that one company, yep. that one company that's just going to give you the opportunity. And then it's your job to take it from there yeah. to either win it or, you know, learn from it. Yeah. Not lose it. I always say learn <laughs> because yeah. you need to learn from whatever you did wrong, not wrong, but whatever you did there and you didn't get the job, you learn from it. And then you just improve on whatever you need for the other, <laughs> the other job. <laughs> and I think the hardest bit is breaking that barrier where you think, I can't do this. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. I get it. And then you, everything's just so like, I can't do this. And that's it. I'm going back. It's so easy to do that. I get that. I was in that place. But I think if you fight it and you're like, no, I can do this. Do you know, I'm good at what I do. Let's, you know, let's do it. And I think if you find that sort of motivation, enthusiasm, as hard as it is, I get it. But if you find that, you will get somewhere. You will. I think you just have to believe in yourself. And sometimes, especially now in the, the COVID situation, it must be so hard. But just keep going. Just keep, keep going and eventually you will find somewhere and the, the right company for you as well. It'll find you and yeah. you, you will, you'll get a, a position where you will enjoy it and you can grow with it as well. Because I'm quite an ambitious person. So I think I'd need to go to a company anyway that would help me grow and help me succeed. So I think if I got any of the jobs that I applied for previously, I may not have been able to have the opportunity to do that. So I think things are happen for a reason and are meant to be. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And also, don't you feel like when you're at the, your lowest where you want to give up, that's when things start happening? Because from there, you make a decision. You either go back home or you keep going. Yeah. And usually when you decide to keep going and put 100% into it, that's when something happens. That's what happened to me when I found the company to move me to Denmark. I was It was the day that I was like... <laughs> This is the last company I'm going to call. It's going to, I, I'm just, no one wants me in Denmark. (laughs) And this is the last company. And that, and I wasn't even going to make that call because in my head, I was like, what's the point? I'm like, it's just going to be another no, another, sorry, we're only hiring in Denmark. And it wasn't. And when I, if I didn't force myself to call that CEO, Mm -hmm. I would have never, I'm never going to be here talking to you on this radio station. So. When people think it's just like never going to happen, it's like 
when you get to that point, something is going to happen because how low can you go anymore? Yeah. And so. interestingly, you said that you rang the CEO. Yeah. I also did the same thing. I rang the manager sort of of the applying position. And I was just like, oh, actually, it was like, I can't find where to apply for it on, on the, the internet. The, it wouldn't let me access it for some silly reason. So yeah, I actively, don't be scared, just just ring and just have a chat. And they get a feel for you, I think, of, of how you are. And that's sort of like, and it makes you a little bit more comfortable because you've ho- already had that contact with somebody in the company. So yeah, don't be afraid. Just network, ring, you know, and go for it. Just, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I know it's hard, but enjoy looking for the job. Yeah. Network, meet new people, you know, take it as an opportunity. Yeah, I always, always call. If I apply, I always call. And you also get a feel for that person. Yeah. Like, there's one I called. They're like, sorry, we're not looking for anyone outside of the company you just saved two hours of CV writing and cover letter writing. So it's nice if they put a phone number on that job search, call them Mm -hmm. and ask questions because if it's, if it's saving you an hour of sending in something like it saved you an hour, I think it it was the best thing. Every time there's a phone number there, I always call. (laughs) Well, I guess we are in the last few minutes and I'm okay. I know it's such a good, I can keep going. I can keep going. I can always talk. That's why radio is so good for me. I know radio is good for me. (laughs) Katie, I want to thank you for sharing your story to the listeners and tips on how you transitioned and how other people can transition from what they used to be doing from home and what they can do now in Denmark. And, and thank you for being here and taking the time to come to the radio station station, and talking about your life. No, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, and international moms uh, living abroad, raising kids and transitioning their whole life in a different country is hard. But if you have some amazing, um, if we have some amazing moms that are doing their thing, like Katie and other moms that I've had on this show uh, that are just excelling at it. And momming is not easy, but we do our best for our children, no matter you know that what circumstances there are. Being a parent abroad is a roller coaster of emotions. Sometimes you want to go home, cry in your bedroom. I've done that a few times. And sometimes you think it's the best decision of your life. It's an up and down um, emotional feeling that we go through. Mom and dads out there, you are doing a fantastic job. Just keep going. Don't give up. Um, That's all for today of My Kids Think I'm Cool podcast and radio show. If you guys want to hear some cool, some more cool guests, just sign up for the... Yeah, sign up for my mailing list. I lost kind of track. And also follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time, guys. Bye.